0: hi everybody it's father nathan you're uh, on the joyful friar podcast it's great to have you along today my topic is going to be on advent the roman catholic church and in the christian churches it's a season that is approaching as i'm recording this program it's early november but for those of us who work around churches you're always working a little bit in advance i think a lot of occupations are like that you're you're anticipating things uh, that are coming up soon and coming is the idea is the root of the word Advent for us Advent is a season that this year will begin on Saturday night of the weekend of Thanksgiving while uh, in the media you're hearing a lot about Black Friday or uh, holiday shopping over that Thanksgiving weekend as the sun sets on Saturday night A new year begins for us. The liturgical year in the Christian churches begins with the first Sunday of Advent. We follow the practice of the Jewish people of thinking of the day ending at sunset rather than at midnight. And so we'll have sometimes a a vigil mass that anticipates the Sunday, but it's actually on Saturday night with the thinking that, you know as the sun goes down the new day has begun so i wanted to share some of that with you i know that some of you that uh, follow me on social media and and uh, listen to this or watch this podcast are not churched people or not christian people some of um, people who are in touch with me primarily are uh, interested in afterlife studies and consciousness or or maybe motivated by the, the sudden loss of a loved one i deal with a lot of grieving people so i know that that you who are in my audience come from a pretty broad spectrum of of people and interests, but I also want to share kind of where I'm coming from and the way I'm thinking this time of the year so Advent well you know I love words and so I go to etymology right away the word Advent wouldn't surprise you it's related to the word adventure or venture it it has the the root of it is a Latin word venire, which means to come. Like in Spanish, you say ven aquí, come here. And you think of that um Christmas song, "O come, all you faithful," that is sometimes sung in English, but then it sometimes moves into a Latin verse, "Venite, adoremos, O come, let us adore him. So, venir, venture, adventure, advent—they're all part of anticipating something and in this case something eagerly awaited looking forward to a thing with uh, excitement anticipation maybe a quiet joy so advent is that season it lasts normally about four weeks you know christmas doesn't uh, can fall on any day of the week because it's always on december the 25th uh and advent always starts with the saturday night preceding a sunday so it ends up being shorter or longer depending upon where christmas falls in the week that year but normally it's about four weeks it goes back it really follows the seasons of the year in the northern hemisphere where the uh, where judaism and christianity uh got their start so I thought I'd start there with um, paralleling what's going on in nature this time of the year in the northern hemisphere I live in Tucson which is known for a really hot or or temperate climate today happens to be cold it's gone down into the low 40s uh, I think high 30s which for us is unusually cold for early November it does snow here on the elevations on, on the mountains down in the valley uh, it's pretty rare i have lived places where there are four seasons i once lived in colorado i once uh, lived in uh, oregon where you watch the turning that happens at the uh the end of the harvest season and the movement towards the world around you going dormant or even looking as though it's died one of the striking visual motifs of advent is an advent wreath it's a circle of evergreen and in it are usually little candle stands that are embedded in the evergreen up from this evergreen circle come four candles three of them purple and one of them pink and in the four weeks of the Advent season one candle is lit per week and it can become kind of a center of prayer for people that keep a home altar Or maybe uh on the dinner table or somewhere there can be an advent wreath where there's a a blessing and lighting if you were to attend a catholic mass during the advent season somewhere prominently within your field of vision would be an advent wreath the purple has to do with it's a dark color it also is uh in the ancient world it was the color of royalty because the seeds or barks or whatever it was that were used to make purple die were rare hard to come by and so with anything rare it gets more expensive and then if it's more expensive then only wealthy people can have it so purple was a color of royalty because it was just too expensive for most poor people to afford so it, it has both darkness and it has something regal elegant about it in its history the pink one is just about joy in the lighting of an advent candle the first two weeks the purple ones are lit on the third Sunday of Advent it's called Gaudaute Sunday which is uh, just Latin for joy I uh, like that tradition because it it reminds us that while we wait for a good thing that went and we have to be patient we can still be joyful even while we wait we wait in joyful hope for the thing that hasn't yet materialized it hasn't yet come but is on its way and getting closer so that's why that's on the third Sunday of Advent Then there's a fourth purple candle for the fourth week and then sometimes christmas follows quickly after that depending upon whether it's going to fall early in a week midweek or late week according to where the december 25th is that year so anyway, that's a little bit about that but i wanted to kind of go back to the idea of the land and what the land is doing i had the unusual upbringing of mostly living in a suburban neighborhood in Southeast Texas where I grew up but my dad wanted to have a farm he bought a farm when I was four years old maybe five and it was about an hour and 45 minute drive away but he wanted a place where these five kids that he and my mom had could run around and where we could invite our friends and uh where we wouldn't just be watching TV where we would have open space we had at 1.100 cattle we had three horses uh, we had different times where we had other farm animals but it was mostly uh cattle so I learned a little bit about the land because of, of that how to build fences and barns and some my brothers ended up both becoming uh farmers at least uh, as part of their life they they uh, inherited half of the farm and and have lived there and raised their families there it wasn't never really my home turf but I learned plenty about being around it and then even before that my my parents and grandparents had been through my grandparents had been through both the first and second World Wars and the depression in between them uh my parents were raised in the depression and you know were in their 20s during the second World War a lot of people grew their own food in in part to get through the depression and then especially in World War II there were shortages of everything because they were always trying to send whatever there was to be had to the soldiers to the to the war front. so people were encouraged to have victory Gardens where they grew their own um uh, vegetables even though I was born in 1956 most houses in my neighborhood had a garden because people had just gotten used to raising some of their own food so I was around you know some of that there were were certain crops that that many of them came ripe uh during the summer and uh and late in the summer there were others that were planted when it was starting to get cold there was what winter rye and uh onions and things that that grew well in the winter time part of my heritage is closer to the land than I might be living right now. I hardly ever, I have a few plants out in my little courtyard of my casita, but I don't really know what I'm doing very much. And and they're cactus anyway, they don't take very much tending. When I have lived in places where it got darker, colder this time of the year and the leaves, many of the trees uh, lose their leaves and they appear to be dead. That was really the experience of people that grew their food. They worked a lot in the spring and summer and in the early fall through the harvest to stain themselves and even to put up food for the winter. When I was growing up, my grandparents lived next door. Both in their house and in our house, there would be all hands on deck, work parties to put up food one of the things about growing larger gardens is that most stuff ripens at about the same time and then suddenly you got more green beans than you can eat in our neighborhood people went up and down the street giving away their stuff because usually they had more than they needed and that was just kind of the spirit of the times and the way that people had been raised in the depression and during the war that uh, you shared what you had you didn't even have to know those neighbors all that well to knock at their door and give them tomatoes so anyway that the people who lived on farms and relied upon the land to supply a lot of their their food were busiest in maybe late August September early October when a lot of things uh ripen and then some of it needs to be preserved canned put away for the for winter use and then there comes a time when that work is largely done the weather turns and there's really not much to be grown and it's time to kind of take a break to take a breath that's why harvest festivals happen this time of the year uh october you don't really there's not time to throw a big party when there's produce in the field that's going to rot if you don't get it in i i remember baling hay it was a big deal for us because we had beef cattle and the grass goes dormant in the winter and you need to put away hay that you can feed the cattle during uh, December January February until the grass starts to grow again so we had huge efforts I was learning how to drive um a truck or at least maybe a maybe a tractor when I was about seven when your feet could find the pedals and the, and they could put put you on some flat space where all you have to do is keep the wheels turning between these two rows, I learned to drive uh, largely, well, you know, in baling hay. And then later, when I was stronger and larger, I could be of more use than just that. But even when you're a little kid on a farm, there's something that you can be doing. Most people that lived in a- agricultural places relied upon the land, and were just too busy until the crops were all in and everything is put up for the winter but then there comes a time where you can take a break and maybe even before you take a break you want to have a party that's where where all these festivals would uh, come into play but then after that um the, when the festivals over with then it really is time to kind of rest like the land is resting uh, that might be time to uh, sharpen tools or to anticipate The next season and so on but not before you had some rest and so advent has built into it a sense of rest and the irony which might be helpful to you is it it comes right about the time that commercial christmas kicks in and that some people feel busier than ever because of all the hustle and bustle of the holidays whatever it is you're doing in in the month of december so the advent season can be uh, a kind of a check on that that you're entitled to some downtime to some peace uh, the fact that the sunlight is shorter the days seem shorter and there's more indoor time it might dispose itself to um a little more calm maybe the opportunity for self-reflection for quietude so for those of you that have some sort of uh, prayer practice or spiritual discipline that you do on a regular basis if Advent wasn't a part of your imagination already, maybe you can add it to it. The reason that that Advent wreath has a circle of evergreen at the bottom of it is because uh, most earthscapes, most landscapes, include both um, deciduous and conifer trees—trees trees that drop their leaves and appear dead, and those that keep their leaves all year long. Uh, so the greenery was a kind of a reminder that even though it appears that all of nature is going into a sleep of death that part of it stays alive so the ancients would decorate during the uh, these months with greenery deck the halls with boughs of holly you know with greenery and and berries that uh, were bright in the winter time uh just as a way of reminding themselves that even when death ap- and darkness appear to be ascendant taking over that there's still life one of my favorite Advent scriptures is from the prophet Isaiah it's usually used in the first weekend of the first or second weekend in the Advent season at at masses in public worship it goes like this a, a, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse Jesse or Jesse tree was an image of Israel and that uh, the tree had been chopped down and was nothing but a stump but if you've been around some stumps that have been uh, where a tree has recently been chopped down sometimes you give it a little time and all of that energy that's in the root system begins to come back up to the surface and try to rebuild what was lost sometimes a tree that's been chopped down will send up a new shoot I saw that on our farm in fact um uh, when you have fence rows on a farm you you don't really want trees growing up and then they mess up the fence and when when I was little did you ever dare say when you were a child there's nothing to do did you ever complain in the presence of an adult oh there's nothing to do around here Well, we never did because that meant you would get sent to the garage or to your room to clean the closet or there was always something that some unpleasant sure to be done if you ever let on that there was nothing to do. Well, on a farm, the thing that you could be sent to do when there was nothing to do was to clean a fence row, was to take little um, uh, machetes or uh, some sort of like hedge clippers or something where you would go up and down a fence row where the machinery couldn't get Uh, a mowing machine couldn't go between the posts and you as a little kid i'd be sent out there to clean the fence row and that often meant seedlings of trees that were beginning to grow up and would ruin the fencing were uh were to be cut down and sometimes a tree would have gotten a good enough head start in a fence row that uh for uh, despite your efforts to keep it from growing you could keep chopping at it but it would keep sending up a shoot sometimes these trees were just determined to grow there whether you wanted them to or not so I I have that memory of watching nature have a kind of uh resoluteness about it that no I'm going to grow in spite of being cut down well that's an image especially for any of you who feel cut down right about now any of you who are who are paying attention to things that I say and do because you've lost a loved one a spouse or or God forbid, a child. And sometimes you just had not just the wind knocked out of you, but you just feel like you know, cut off at the knees. Uh, that's an image that I love about the Advent season is um, yes, sometimes it looks like everything around you is dying or dead, except a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. When I preach that, I ask people to look around their circumstance around their household their neighborhood their whatever's in their imagination and say huh yeah this part sucks my this is a really hard season of my life I don't like this at all I don't know how I'll get through it that kind of thing uh and then look for where is there a a shoot sprouting where is there some new growth there always is think of it you know your your nails your hair they're growing all the time you don't notice it you have to keep trimming them there uh, there's something about our lives that has this uh vitality in it that even when we feel like everything is uh, going the wrong way we still keep living and renewing ourselves somehow we continue to grow so that that's a favorite idea of the Advent season to me that uh don't let the don't let the weather around you or that your field of vision be surrounded by only apparent death and darkness uh cold uh look for the sprout the, the shoot that will sprout from the stump of Jesse even the idea of lighting a candle in the darkness that's common uh you know in the in the northern hemisphere as the growing season you know the days get from uh from the summer solstice in late June to the winter solstice in late December the days get shorter and shorter and shorter incrementally just a tiny bit but for that six month period between the summer and winter solstices in, in, in the northern hemisphere that the the days get a little darker each day a little less light until you get all the way to the winter solstice and it's the darkest time of the year well that there there were already in northern Europe festivals around uh, bonfires and Yule logs and so on festivals of light sometimes beckoning the sun to come back having an annual festival of you know like like attracting light lighting a bonfire to get the sun's attention and to tell it please to come back because we need you we're going to need you in the next growing season well christian um people saw that people already had this custom and one of the kind of Strategies for talking about the person of Jesus is yeah he got cut down too, he was he was crucified uh, while a healthy young man, but he came back only three days later. We believe that he's the light of the world, so we didn't exactly know when he his birthday was. He wasn't a famous person at the time of his birth. Nobody was standing there writing down. Oh my God, uh, it's his birthday. But they chose to celebrate it at the darkest time of the year because they believed he is the light that comes into the world. That's part of the basic Christian message that Jesus is light of the world. And so his birthday gets celebrated around the time of the winter solstice uh, for that reason. And so our Advent season points in that direction. You needn't be a Christian necessarily to kind of get in the rhythm of that idea. That um, And if you wanted to borrow from it, that's why I bother to teach about it at all and make it available online is that I believe that the world would be a more unified place if we understand each other and the way that our hearts and our imaginations work and for those of us that practice one of the world's uh, great religious traditions or maybe an indigenous tradition that this around this time of the year as the uh, as winter comes on or approaches that uh, the movement of of light overcoming darkness is common in hanukkah and uh in advent candles and christmas lights uh bonfires i hope you enjoyed this episode of the joyful fire you can visit me at nathan-castle.com send me a message by clicking the contact button if you'd like to support this podcast you can make a donation by clicking the donate button see you next time god bless